0: After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Wine. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors.
1: Hello, Internet. Welcome to another episode of After These Messages, the podcast all about TV commercials. We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones. And we talk about the ones where people say strange things like this.
2: No, I simply believe what a man does, what a man says, what a man says
1: another man can do, says a lot about a man. My name's Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. We are your hosts. Hey, Genevieve. Hey, Andrew. So, coming up on the show today, Genevieve, I made you a playlist. Ah. Did you make me a playlist?
2: I did. I knew you did. We planned
1: it. Because we planned it, because it's a show. Uh, So what happened is we put together a couple of playlists for each other, but since this is a uh, a, a podcast all about commercials and not a a podcast about music, these are not mixtapes filled with songs, even even crush songs. Although if I did make you a mixtape, it would be full of crush songs. These are mixtapes filled with commercials that we wanna hear each other's reactions to. We haven't shared these mixtapes before now, so it'll be a fun exploration for everybody. Plus, coming up, an iconic ad campaign gets a brand new voice. Did you notice? We did, we'll play it for you back to back. And in the mailbag segment, a lot of responses from our segment all about the Battle of the Spokes Critters last week, Veeves.
2: Yeah, a lot of opinions.
1: A lot of suggestions of other critters that we should put up against each other. Yep. All right, I can't wait to get into that. First, though, let's uh, check out these playlists. I need dollar, dollar, dollar. That's what I need. All right, Beeves. you don't mind if I go first. Go for it. You know how it is when you make somebody a playlist; like (laughs) you're so excited about it. Like it's 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 more you know it's usually more about you than the person you're giving it to, right? It's true.
2: I I really wish that this had come to me uh, in the form that the first mixtape you ever made for me uh, arrived, which was on an actual. You know, cassette tape. It was a
1: cassette, that's right. Um,
2: but unfortunately, we are long past those days, and we, even if you were able to create one on a cassette tape, I would have no way of playing it. <laughs>
1: that's true. Do you remember the name of that cassette tape?
2: 83 Olds. It was
1: called 83 Olds, because that was the car that I was driving when we first were dating. I went on to make you a bunch of um, CDs as well, which uh, I think we... I was so obsessed with my CDs I made you and all of the packaging that went into it. I will admit that I was just uh, unpacking all of my CDs from from our old apartment moving in here and I found that I had made a bunch of exact replicas of the CDs I gave to you, right. I, I kept a for copy yourself. for myself, exactly, because I'm an artist.
2: Yes, and so it was less about how much you loved me and more about uh, how much you could gratify your own ego. Absolutely,
1: but those I would also <laughs> like to point out that 15 years later, we're still together, so those tapes and CDs worked. All right, so here is the first ad I want to play for you. I have a, This is a mix. I have about four things I want to play for you, and a couple of them I'm pretty sure you have not experienced... Um, and a couple I know you have because we've been sitting in the same room together watching these commercials, but we never talked about them. And this is just an excuse to get your opinion on some commercials I want to hear your opinion on.
2: And we should say, too, that our the only rules that we had for assembling oh, yeah. these mixtapes was they have to be commercials that are currently airing. We couldn't kind of go back through the entire universe of commercials. Yeah, because the point
1: of this really is just kind of like, oh, there's a bunch of things that every now and then I'll see a commercial, maybe you're not in the room, or maybe it doesn't fit into one of the categories or themes that we're doing for any given week. And it's like, ah, oh, but there's all these new commercials that are just washing over us all the time, and I wouldn't mind getting your take on them. So, yeah. okay, here's this first one. I saw this during a uh, Mariners pregame show, and I know that you were not even home yet, and I didn't see it. I was really hoping that this wouldn't come up again while you're in the room, and it didn't. So I I'd be very surprised if you had seen this one. This is for a pest removal service, and it stars none other than Marshawn Lynch playing off of a very famous episode he went through right before the last Super Bowl.
0: Marshawn, boxers or briefs? Stop bugging me. What do you think of Donald Trump? Do you believe in Bigfoot? Stop bugging me. Stop bugging me. Stop bugging me.
2: Who is your favorite superhero?
0: Stop bugging me. Who do you call for your pest
2: control needs?
0: Stop bugging me pest control.
1: Stop bugging me. And he
2: points to the step and repeat behind him, uh, which has the stop bugging me pest control logo. Exactly. In
1: case you couldn't get it, that was him uh, kind of in in a traditional press conference. I mean, who are we talking to? Do we have to say who Marshawn Lynch is? Uh, You know, now former running back, very famous of the Seattle Seahawks. This is a local ad here in the Seattle market. And
2: he's been doing stop bugging me pest control ads for years now.
1: Has he? Because uh, yeah. I always associate him with the, the uh, plumbing place.
2: Oh, maybe... Beacon Plumbing. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of I think Beacon.
1: Stop freaking. Call Beacon.
2: Yeah. Maybe I am wrong, although I will tell you I have seen that ad. Um, oh, there's, you have? There's just no way. I watch... Exponentially more TV than you.
1: Ah, I didn't know that you'd already seen that. I figured since we're kind of new back in this media market and it was a sports related ad for during baseball season, I thought maybe I could sneak one by you. No
2: dice. I have seen that one. It's funny. I mean, it's uh, for those who are not uh, either football fans or, um, or, or local Seattleites, uh, Marshawn notoriously refused to speak with the press and he would go, he went through all these machinations and sort of. Um, verbal acrobatics to avoid mm-hmm. getting and doing ever doing any proper interviews. He would answer in monosyllabic grunts. I'm just
1: here so I don't get fined. I'm just
2: here so I don't get fined. I think he did get fined a number of times. And it actually kinda of kicked off an interesting conversation about what is the obligation of a professional athlete to participate in the media. You know what I mean? Like I I kind of felt like, well, he wasn't hired for his ability, to, ability or willingness to speak to the press. On the other hand, that is what his contract. It's part of his it's contract. Part of his contract. It's part of his contract. So you collective bargaining, take yeah. it up with the um, with the players' uh, union. Either way, it was kind of a fun. Uh, it was. It became sort of a uh, a parlor game for local sports journalists. I think to try to get him off of his uh, his one note answers.
1: The only thing people could get him to talk about was his charity, and then even sometimes he didn't take the bait on that either. He was just like. Stop bugging me, but not quite. By the way, I feel like I just owe the Lynch family, um, the Seahawks Nation, and really our entire listening audience an apology for my horrible impression of Marshawn Lynch. I don't do impressions very well, but that never stops me. (laughs) I always do them, and they're always awful. So do you really like that ad? Um, It caught my attention. I mean, I just – I'm a Marshawn Lynch fan. I um I I he just charms me in a certain way, and also I, these janky ass local ads. There's That's just something about say. them, and people send us janky ads from their local markets, but it's never quite the same until you're like kind. There's just all these little context things that are going on that really hit you when you live in a market. And so this kind of hit a nostalgia for me. I'm glad to be back in Seattle. Like, yeah, I like it, but I wouldn't like recommend it.
2: It's always funny to me which athletes kind of break through that local, the janky local ad barrier into the, you know, the, the, the elite Peyton Mannings, um, you know, JJ Watts, you know, the people who get these like national, Big time, right. big money contracts. Obviously, Marshawn Lynch is not setting himself up to do that. I mean, you know, by virtue of being very taciturn, he is clearly not trying to get those kinds of contracts. But it is funny to me that even within our little little Seattle uh, locality, he does those kind of like super local, super janky ads that I guess are just never gonna we'll never we'll never lose that as long as there are professional sports, we'll have local athletes doing local ads.
1: And my prediction, and I hope I'm right, is now that his um, football career is over, he's, I was gonna say officially retired, but it's Marshawn Lynch. What he did was he took a photo of his cleats hanging off of a, a telephone wire, posted it to Instagram and now a, he's retired, so a I don't know, few words. I don't know if, that's, if that means he's officially retired. I think that that's a misuse of the word officially, but um, since he is retired now, my prediction he's is... He's insta
2: retired I,
1: I mean, I wonder. First of all, I guess... I was going to say I'll bet you he will continue to make these ads for the Seattle area. I also wonder if he will become more of a personality back in the Bay Area where he's from and not up here in Seattle. But Seattle is where he you know, where he made his home and made his name. So anyway, I, I my guess is we'll see more. Let's move on to the next commercial on my mixtape. I know you've seen this one. Verizon is the number one network in America. I know you're thinking they all claim stuff like that. Yeah, but some of them stretch the truth. One said they were the fastest. We checked. It was fastest in Kansas City and a few other places. Verizon is consistently fast across the country. You wouldn't want to hear from the bloke who packs your parachute. It's good over Kansas. Do you know what I mean? So that's you know anywhere else splat
2: <laughs> only Verizon is the number one network for so that of course
1: Ricky Gervais one of two ads in this campaign that I've seen running the other one is very similar but instead of using the parachute example he, he points to a, a one of the competition's cell phone coverage maps and he's like look they say they cover the whole thing but then he pulls out a magnifying glass and the small print says this map doesn't indicate anything basically <laughs> I, I, you've seen these right? I've
2: seen that one I actually haven't seen the other one where he where he looks at the map um, but I've seen this one about kansas a lot it's a good joke it's a good punchline it's clearly uh, you know we, we spent a lot of time on the ball ads the, mm-hmm. the ads where like all these cell phone companies were uh riffing on each other with the balls rolling down the ramps um and i think this is in some ways uh an offshoot of that I, you know i think one of the things that really emerged from that campaign or those all those commercials was like data is you know it's uh, statistics are or I'm I'm butchering this quote, but there are three kinds of lies: lies, damned lies, and statistics. Right, yeah. And I think uh, that's kind of what they're trying to get at here with Verizon uh, saying, like, you can say any you can say anything if you slice the data fine enough. And
1: we don't have to belabor all of these. Something that I, I usually do, but I, I will say that, like, with those ball ads, the colored balls representing the different networks. I mean, that was a case where all three I can't remember even which carrier started it I think it was AT no it wasn't I can't remember which carrier started that and then the other um the other carriers created their own um, i guess kind of uh, rebuttal campaigns and so they purposely confused the issue you couldn't remember who was saying exactly. what they all blended together and i said that's kind of an issue with all of these campaigns none of them have really stuck out i guess pink motorcycle girl who we've talked about before or she wasn't pink motorcycle honestly girl. the colors
2: are the only thing that stay with me mm-hmm. um at&t is uh yellow yellow no sprint no? is yellow oh, okay. verizon is red t-mobile is pink Yes. That is literally, and I am not exaggerating, the only thing I know that distinguishes those three companies from each other.
1: And I will say this about this ad. And I'm not some huge Ricky Gervais fan. I actually don't know how I feel about him. But That was
2: actually going to be my next question for these you. These
1: are the first ads that kind of cut through that a little bit to me. This one, I think, and I don't think but it's thing. will just you remember in
2: two weeks that this was Verizon? I sure as hell I is think
1: so. For some reason, I don't know why. I also, this is a very uh, small very visual thing to try to describe on a podcast but there's something about the the design of these ads that I like a lot too they open with plain white with a just a strong blocky red font that says a better network as explained by Ricky Gervais and there's something about the simplicity yet kind of striking nature of these that for some reason I am a, I, when I went to grab this today I knew it was Verizon and that's very rare for me and I don't think it's because I'm paying more attention for I this I forgot podcast. between when you
2: just showed this to me and when I had to say <laughs> what company it was
1: well here I'm gonna the other one um, the map one like I said a little bit more visual but just so you can get a sense of it I, he is good in these ads.
2: Verizon is the
1: number one network in America. I, can't I know you're thinking they all claim stuff like that. Yeah, but some of them stretch the truth a little bit like this. Faster, more reliable and better coverage than ever. And it shows the coverage there. I, oh, hold on. Oh, map is not a
0: depiction of coverage. <laughs> What's the point? I'm speechless.
2: <laughs> Only Verizon has That's
1: the a weird ending on that one. He just you kind hear of stops, the and laughing. then you hear the off mic laughter. So then, it makes you kind of wonder. I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're doing, Intens- but no need it's to believe it. It's intentionally
2: meant to feel like an outtake.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, okay, All right, number three. Hit number me. three. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with this one. Now, I know I've been in the same room with you. I bet you we've even commented on this in private before. Oh, it's taking for, everything. For private not-
2: after these messages. <laughs> after these messages after dark.
1: Should we do some sort of a fundraiser where. Um, <laughs> we, that- I think
2: full stop should we do <laughs> some sort yeah, of yeah. a fundraiser?
1: Where um, people can uh, donate to the show and then they can hang out with us in our living room for an evening just like watching like commercials. Honestly, no offense at
2: Council, but there is not a donation level yeah. high
1: enough. <laughs> is, it, is it the fact that it's our house that <laughs> it's bugs just you? just too much. What if somebody invited us over to their house to watch commercials with them? <laughs> not improving it. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, let's talk about this commercial. I won't tell you how I feel about it. Thank you for dining
0: with us. Hope to see you again soon.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay, this is a heavy rotation.
1: Okay, I'm just going to set it up for people who can't see it. It's a bunch of people sitting around a table in a restaurant, um, and the check comes. And there's one person at the table who insists on getting the check, and it's an alligator. Hope to see you again soon. Thank you so much. I got this.
2: Just got to reach the check it's a pretty good like effect they have with the like fake alligator yeah so
1: the alligator has short alligator arms so he can't reach the check and everybody is just like, was, like giving him trying yeah. to like
2: pretend reach the check and now like uh nerdy glasses guy like ostentatiously has to take the check for right him and everybody else is it.
1: humans he's the only animal at the table and everybody is just like giving this look that says we go through this every Every dinner we know you're not getting the check mr alligator arms like just one of us will get and they all just look exasperated this is part of that ongoing campaign that we've talked about other ads
2: ongoing is no exactly
1: i guess it's the you would call it it's what you do campaign. Yeah. And, you know, one of your favorite ones was uh, the little Peter Pan Thomas one. Barbossa, <laughs> call Thomas Barbosa, Thomas Barbosa. Hey, he's a little young. <laughs> and you're taken. <laughs> uh, unless you meant you want to be his agent, in which case I don't blame you. <laughs> hey, by the way, Thomas Barbosa, you said that you saw him in a trailer. He is. We claim that he is going to be the biggest young so, no, star.
2: Uh, I apologize to the ad council member who, who – uh, told us this. I forget if it was an email or in Facebook. I'll look it up um, at some point. But somebody in the Ad Council contacted us to say they saw him in a trailer Uh, when they were at a movie um, and then was giving us props for – Saying like this, kids go in places,
1: right? Well, anyway, I will say, okay, yeah, the Peter Pan one I like, in I don't think we have to describe that one. But this all, this like, it's what you do when you're Peter Pan, you stay young forever. It's what you do. There's one with a cat uh, next to a man who's kind of dying in a pit of quicksand, and he's saying, "Go help, find help, cat." But the final you know,
2: countdown one,
1: the, yeah, exactly. And the cat, cats don't find you help. It's what they do. The final countdown. If you're who's that foreigner, whoever that band uh, yeah. is, right? Like you play I, I the know. final countdown. It's what you do. Um, so anyway, this is the latest one of this. It's all over the place. I just hate I don't like this campaign like every now and then they find a joke that works, yeah. but it's always like this th- there's no
2: I'll tell you which ones I can line. stomach I like the salt and pepper one when you're salt and oh, pepper that's you just push it the salt and pepper okay, fine, right, yeah. but that's why, and I like the Peter Pan one, but I agree. I think this campaign's incredibly uneven, um mostly more more bad than good, and it's so tired, but of course, with geico I mean, what do they do with any any concept? They they beat it until it's a bloody pulp. I mean, that's if you when you're Geico, that's what you do.
1: (laughs) Okay, I want. And on that
2: note, I'm out. I
1: know. Can we just end the podcast there? (laughs) Okay, I just have one more for you, Vives. But you know. As we we're discussing at the beginning of the show, I take pride in my mixtape skills, right? And mm-hmm. so you know, I laid some good jams on you there, but now I want to do something a little unexpected, right? We're at the end of the mixtape now, so you can put a little you can put a little kicker or something, something right. outside Just the see norm.
2: John Spencer Blue's explosion of this <laughs> mixtape.
1: Yes. Did, I, I, oh, did yeah. I did I put orange orange <laughs> on one of your I remember. <laughs> Apparently you did not love the John Spencer. No. Okay, well this is the John Spencer because this is a little bit outside the norm. This is not a television ad
2: but I thought that was the rules.
1: I know. This is an ad that is currently in rotation, but it's a radio ad. Now, before I tell you anything about it...
2: If you want to write in to Andrew and tell him that uh, rule-breaking is not permitted and that this is a show about TV commercials, the address is after these messages show at Gmail. Attention, them's the rules.
1: Oh, my God. Or if you want to uh, send an email to Genevieve to let her know that she shouldn't be the enemy of fun and that sometimes (laughs) you need to break the rules to have a little bit of fun, the email address for that is after these messages (laughs) show at gmail.com alright so this next one is a radio commercial and I'm really impressed with it so um, take a listen to this and I'm also interested in knowing at one point at what point you realize what this is for
0: it was just a day like any other you were driving along listening to the radio and then you stopped off at the store and bought a Powerball ticket it was just a day like it's any other. Yeah. Until it wasn't. Powerball from the California Lottery. The jackpot is now over one hundred seventy-five. So that's
1: an uh, ad currently in rotation, and I mean, I was know I they obviously was I to guess it before, say, before
2: they say Powerball? No, Ball? but
1: I just was. I'm always surprised because I hear that. And keep in mind, that's only a thirty second ad, and they don't say Powerball until fifteen seconds in, and it has such a serious start. Like, and this is often on sports radio, so this is obviously for California. We're in Seattle, but. I used to hear this a lot listening to um, uh, sports radio in L.A., and then I was listening to a Dodgers game this weekend, and I heard it again, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. But every time I hear it, I forget that it's for the Powerball because it starts off so seriously. I think it's going to be one of those ads that you hear in that – like during commercials, you'll often hear like an. – I'm sorry, during sports shows, you'll often hear commercials for insurance, and it'll be kind of melodramatic about like, Tell your parents you love them but do something before it's too late or whatever. Bad I, example. But
2: I don't get the pitch on this at all. Did we hear the whole ad?
1: Yeah, let's take another let's take another listen to this.
0: It was just a day like any other. You were driving along listening to the radio and then you stopped off at the store and bought a powerball ticket. It was just a day like any other until it wasn't.
2: It's a weird music
1: choice. See, I think I think it's brilliant. So here, here's here are my points on this. I know it sounds so like
2: it, it was a day like another until you killed someone um, crossing the That's, street.
1: That is why I'm getting at that because okay, my my whole insurance example I gave a second ago, which I don't have time to edit out today, so I'm just going to leave it in there. My apologies for the, all that <laughs> crap I just said a second ago. Um, I think a better example would be this. Sounds like a motorcycle helmet PSA. Yes, or something it sounds like, like a PSA exactly. And you hear a lot of those during the types of shows I listen to on sports. Yeah. Radio. So when it starts playing, it kind of gets your attention in that melodramatic way. You thought it was going to be a day like any other, but then you hit an oil slick, and the next thing you know, you only have minutes left. Did you prepare for your end of life, right? Care or whatever? Thought it
2: was a day like any other, and then you change lanes and you didn't check.
1: So that's my whole. So that's my whole point. That's why I think halfway through, when you realize, oh, this is it was a day like any other, but then your life changes. For the better i feel I feel like it 's really compelling, and I actually love pick, that version of the song uh,
2: all the uh california, california dream, yeah, but like such a sad version of it, even the real version is sad, even the original is sad see I mean, that 's really interesting song.
1: I want to play some so I want to play another one for you now. this is a commercial we probably wouldn 't talk about um if i didn 't just play the radio version of it. that version of the song, by the way, is by Something called the Scala and Colossini Brothers, and it's a Belgian women's choir conducted by. One brother, and then accompanied on piano by another brother, and so I, and I actually really like it. Now I'm going to show you another commercial that was a TV version using that same song for California Lottery, and this is so visually stunning using that same music. And um, what happens in this is it's a bunch of scenes from all over, um, I guess, all over the state. Beautiful, beautiful California, redwoods falling the from the Golden sky, Gate bridge,
2: little, and then the little white balls. Little Little white ping balls. pong
1: balls, little white lottery balls, millions of them falling from the sky while people look look upward to the heavens, like what's going on.
2: I feel like I have actually seen this one. Uh, it's it's an incredible ad. It's it's a great use of everything. Uh, <laughs> it's a great music, use of everything, and it like it takes it out of like the way lottery commercials usually work. Um, of like, hey, here's some crazy shit you could do if you won a million dollars. Right. Uh, and just, like, really focuses on that, like, that sort of just emotional connection.
1: And then one red ping pong ball out of millions of white ones come yeah. down and it lands in one man's hand.
2: And that's, yeah. And no, he that's won the fantastic. lottery. Is that
1: not? And so, and, and and then it says, believe in something bigger. Like, I know that you're kind of, as we've discussed on the show, anti-lottery. Yes. But, like, that is a
2: great ad. No, that's ad. a great ad. I think what, you know what I think it is, is that that ad is fantastic. And they were trying to translate that, mm. uh... Tone and feeling to a radio ad, which is very difficult.
1: I actually extreme
2: degree of difficulty. I
1: feel like this is the ad going back to the the radio version again. I think this is the ad in twenty three episodes that you and I are just polar opposites on. Because yeah. I think that radio ad is really good. It always gets my attention. I love that version of California How Dream. How many
2: Powerball and, tickets have you bought?
1: And, well, I don't want to brag, but I live in Washington State now, so I haven't bought any... Uh, oh, I guess Powerball you can buy in any state, huh? Because I was going to say, I did win some money at the uh, at the pull tabs <laughs> a few weeks <laughs> Let's ago. Let's
2: save our pull tab story for another episode. <laughs> I don't know that we have enough... I don't know that we have enough tape. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, I won seventy five dollars. <laughs> anyway, um, I guess we did. So I don't. I, it, you're right. It didn't get me to buy Powerball, but I've never. I I don't buy those tickets. It's, that's not the point. Um, you know, my, you know that, my.
2: policy on if we win, if we become Powerball millionaires, we have to change our names. <laughs> oh,
1: that's right, because you've publicly I denounced publicly the denounced Ball the lottery so many times. Okay, that's the end of my uh, mixtape. Right. I've been hogging the it's mic. It's my turn. Yeah,
2: okay. All right. So this first one is, I think, my super number one favorite with a bullet Um, and I can't remember now if the narration is written or audio so let's just play and if it's not um, written if it's not audio I'll explain it okay
0: with booking.com's free cancellation you could just forget the beach wedding and the beach booty you could just book a different resort like in Alaska (laughs) they've got igloos
2: so what you're seeing uh, during that voiceover is um, Jordan Peele and Chelsea Peretti, uh, who are um, who are both comedians, both of whom we love. Um, and who are married I believe now I think maybe when this was made It was you know About their Planning their wedding forget that. I forget okay. I forget it every time right. I don't know I have some weird Mental block in my head But I'm, I'm Every time I remember Or someone tells me That they're married I like get really happy All over again So uh-huh. it's kind of like Yeah it's, it's like my own Sort of like Happy memento experience It's like their wedding
1: Present to you Every time
2: Every day no, I'm so excited So what you're seeing Is those two comedians They're on these like Weird little personal Trampolines With like a bar Sort of uh, structured over it, and they're doing some sort of like weird-looking exercise where they're bouncing on the trampolines and trying to work out
1: in their living room. In their living
2: room to get their beach bodies, and at certain at a certain point, uh, Chelsea Peretti uh, just rolls her eyes and gives up and walks away, and uh, Jordan Peele just keeps going for it, trying to get that beach body. And what I find interesting about this commercial, and would love to get your take on, is the first time I saw it. And had you seen this?
1: No, I'd never seen it before, and I don't get it.
2: Well, they're 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 working out on their beach bodies, but then it's like gonna be too hard to get a beach body, so why not book to somewhere like Alaska where you don't need to wear, you know, bathing oh, suits. Oh, gotcha, right, of course. Um, but I think it's more that they're like these two pretty well known comedians, um, you know, doing psycho doing a visually funny thing. But I do think it's a little strange that you have these two extremely funny people, um with a personal connection that I think is sort of interesting to their fans. And they don't really do much with them in the commercial, you know? I mean, they don't talk. They don't. I could have
1: watched this a thousand times without you, and I would have not known that who that's who they this were. is. And you, you recognize them immediately?
2: I didn't. And that's the other thing that came to mind for the, for me when I watched this the first time. It was I wasn't paying attention that closely, and I suddenly looked up, and I kind of recognized Jordan Peele. Uh, and then it, I put it together that it was the two of them. And I sort of worked backwards from recognizing him Mm -hmm. to understanding the whole commercial. But I actually had to do a lot of thinking about it to get there.
1: I gotta say, I don't love it because of those things. Now, Now that you've explained it to me, I do think it's, I mean, I love both of them so much. At the end, I don't even know what I'm looking at, but at the end of the commercial. I think I there's guess, actually
2: a series of ads uh, for booking.com with them. Okay, and I haven't looked at the rest of them. There's a
1: still frame of them both dressed in all white, sitting on a white horse, all romantic. I think and it's he's their wedding. Super like long their hair. quote
2: unquote wedding photo. So,
1: you know, if this is part of a longer campaign where I, I know it's Peel and Peretti, like I am much more into it. But seeing this one out of the blue, now I watching it here. I'm also, you know, watching audio levels and doing all these things. So maybe I. I wasn't in the perfect mode to be able to follow the the subtle humor here. But, man, I would have never recognized. It just seems like such a – it seems to me like a bit of a squandering. I think
2: they undershot a little bit. Yeah. I I agree with you.
1: Okay. But anyway, I'm glad I saw it. I'll keep an eye out for more in that campaign uh, now that I know.
2: I love those guys, and I hope it is a slow build.
1: So what, el- what else you got?
2: All right. This is one I think I actually talked to you about it, but I like it so much that I wanted to share it. We talked a little bit about this campaign um, during the Oscars, or was it the, I think it was maybe the... Um,
1: the Grammys?
2: No, I think it was our Super Bowl show where um, Samsung did a whole thing about all of the things that their phones can do, like uh, be, get wet, and... Uh, oh,
1: no, that was definitely Oscars oh, because the whole, the whole joke was that um, who's right. the main... Uh, uh,
2: Uh,
1: William H. Macy. William H. Macy, the whole thing is like, why am I not presenting at the Oscars tonight? Right. Sorry about
2: that. So anyway, um, uh, one of the sort of jokes or bits in that long commercial with William H. Macy is that Lil Wayne is pouring champagne and he says, how can I why can't I have a phone that I can pour champagne on to show how rich I am? Right, right. So this is a continuation of that joke.
1: Okay. Yeah, you did tell me about that. I'm really excited to see this. I haven't seen it yet. You're
2: just walking through like a sort of general store pouring champagne on his phone as he goes (laughs) still pouring champagne in the back he goes to buy more champagne just still pouring champagne (laughs) and now touchless pay with his phone it's been still getting champagne poured on the it. It's new
0: water resistant. <laughs> that is pretty S great.
1: 7-inch. Yeah, that is. I believe is there is am- some fine print done. that
2: says do not do this. <laughs>
1: right? That is amazingly done. He Yeah, so he goes to, Does he even say do you sell high-end champagne? Oh, maybe. Is that what he said? I want to go back and yeah, just like listen and play. to that line.
0: So high in champagne. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's so great. He's just like he's only concentrating on that. Here's why I love this ad. First of all, I like little Wayne. Uh, I think he sells it like it's very well shot. All these things. We'll post it to the Facebook page. But more importantly, why I like it is, I felt like that big Oscars ad was a cluster. It had it, too much. it had William H Macy at the end, and I mean it was de- definitely difficult to describe on this podcast because it was very <laughs> visual. There are million things going on. That's how I judge ads <laughs> as now. As you all well don't know, don't make my job hard, <laughs> creative types. Um, but it, it jammed in a bunch of like famous people, and it was going by yeah. really quickly, and it had a million different narratives, and then it ended with this joke about William H Macy uh, having a virtual reality thing. Now, if they are t- if they took that as a jumping off point during a high viewing live event time, like the Oscars, and now they're going to parse off and split that into a bunch of different ads, and we're going to learn more about each one of those people like Lil Wayne saying, and each one of those why can't features I pour a campaign? Important. Yeah, and the features. I actually think as a campaign, that's brilliant. That's one thing that doing this show has made me appreciate I think a little bit more, the idea of a campaign versus an individual spot, yeah. and how they all can kind of play together. This is, I love this. This redeems that cluster yeah. of an ad that they played at the Oscars. All
2: right. I'm glad you like it. I liked it, too. I
1: love it. Okay. Uh, so what's your next one?
2: Okay. This one is one that um, actually got a fair... M- I got some coverage on Adweek, so I'm not sure if you've seen it, uh, but it is called The Kiss. Uh, it's for Apple TV, and it features Alison Brie of community fame and Mad Men, and I'm going to...
1: like, the most gorgeous woman on AKA television. AKA, every
2: hipster's girl right. crush. Yeah. Um, and then...
1: The girl from Jamie the girl Lannister. Just got I really mean, sad.
2: I'm not gonna try to go for Nicolaj coster but it's we, it's Jamie, oh, Lannister. Jamie
1: Lannister. Oh, okay. All right, so just hit play.
2: Just hit play. So they're making out. She's dressed as a nurse. This still isn't working. Really? I thought it was. No, it's Siri. Go back seven seconds. <sighs> She's watching him. What angle are you guys at here? Kissing a woman in another production I don't know. on I guess. Apple TV.
0: Mouths mm, open a little bit. Is there tongue? Is there a little bit of tongue? I
1: don't see tongue. Some tongue. Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. Need you on set for the kiss. Great. We'll be on five. Thank you. Uh, Siri, five Game of Thrones.
0: No, 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 no. Do you mind? Open Apple Music.
2: What? What are you doing?
0: Play Jeremiah.
2: So now his oh, move oh, is yeah. like not to analyze it, but like just get sexy time. yeah you know we're good
1: (laughs) he starts singing along
2: so they're like you know they're they are dressed up for a production that they're both in and she just can't get into the kiss with him which is like hilarious that anyone wouldn't be able to get into a kiss with jamie lannister
1: that oh
2: i I it's a lot. It's I feel like lot. they're. it's working it's so, hard. It's
1: working really. And I, yeah. I was scared that you were just going to say, you're dumb. You don't get like, Andrew, you don't get any of these commercials because you're not smart enough to get commercials, which is maybe a fair thing if you did want to say that about me. But I do feel like there's just like, this is a very complicated yeah. plotline that doesn't have to be that complicated. You have two incredible yes, they're physically attractive and that's part of it, but just really, really charming people. We know Alison Brie is, we've seen her in those Stoliads. Right, or where uh, she's whatever, whatever the Adam vodka Scott, was. Yeah. yeah. And just like these little moments, she is really I think good. It's Smirnoff. Smirnoff. Yeah. She's really good at having, and I'm pretty sure that. That Jamie Lannister or whatever his name is just uh, can Jamie also Lannister. just be super charming as well. Yet they made this so the backstory on this so complicated. I really wish they had just kind of I don't know some found some other way to be a little bit more straightforward and clean with it. And
2: I'm always baffled by commercials where the narrative, the story is, this product didn't solve our problem. I know hmm. it's a joke. I know it's uh, you know the the joke is like. Oh, Alison Breeze, like so focused on doing this, that uh, getting this right, that she's like overlooking how super hot her co-star is, right. or she's somehow oblivious to that. Um, But they try, it, but in all the features and functionalities of Siri and Apple TV that they try to leverage to solve their problem, basically it never works. I mean, they, they get the song to come on and they get to, you know, they find right. the TV shows, but it's like, I feel like the sort of the takeaway is like oh, it actually didn't really solve their problem and yeah. i sometimes i think like the joke gets a little bit ahead of the product marketing can i ask you a
1: question this is a little meta and maybe it's a little setting myself up to pat ourselves on the back too much here <laughs> but you mentioned that this was in all of the trades or whatever i assume your ad saw, ages I saw a ad thing weeks about it or like whatever. out of the day or something are the people again like i know that we're just a podcast we don't work in the industry we're two people who like commercials and we talk about it but i do feel like in an, In a situation like this, and I could be wrong i didn 't read any of the coverage of this. I feel like the a lot of the ad publications just fawn over these commercials because they 're new and they have famous people in them, and they're just...
2: They're conceptually very complex, and they're highly produced. It gives them something
1: to write about. They're excited yeah. about it. It's Alison Brie. It's Jamie Lannister. Have you seen this huge new ad? It's Apple. You know, It's all these things. And so it gives them a really good blog post. Yet, is anybody writing about these things critically? Like, I kind of feel like you and I are right about this. Again, like I know this sounds really cocky and weird, but like there are some good things about this commercial, but I also think that you know thematically, it is somewhat problematic. Is anybody talking about that? Just us, just us. I, I guess I would set you up not to really be able to say much. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know I don't where know. I was going with that, but it, <laughs> not it, really. it, it's a kind of a separate. It's a separate issue he, I have. But the more I read about the industry, I just feel like the industry is always like, "Oh, here's another great ad of the day." There, there are
2: only a couple of times when I think that the industry, the, the, the trade rags, I guess for lack of a better term, are critical. One is after every Super Bowl or or a big live TV event, you'll get some critical coverage of like, you know, this this ad was a hot mess, or this you know yeah. they spent so much money on this and it wasn't effective. So that's the only time I see a lot of like critical writing that actually sort of looks at ads as a uh, whether or not they're successful as sort of an art. What you will sometimes see is a look back at a campaign that didn't work and purely from an economic perspective. Like the, um, the I think the, the one that comes to mind is uh, there was a subway campaign, that one with uh, Tony Hale that we, we covered oh, yeah, yeah, where I actually think those are great little pieces of filmmaking but they were widely panned uh, because they didn't effectively sell Subway.
1: Yes. And, I agree, and we actually agreed with that as well, yeah. that they were very interesting ads, but they were very problematic thematically. And also, there was supposed to be an ad campaign that came out after their main spokesperson was you know, sent to prison for awful things regarding children. And now you have this other kind of white, nervous-looking guy kind of creeping yeah. around an office, sneaking up on people like, yes. yikes. <laughs>
2: such a bad idea all right okay you have one one. more right my last one i know you've seen this one because it's it is ubiquitous
1: really because i'm looking at the title of it here on youtube and i don't think i have let's take a let's take a look can i just say what i see it says brookside read all about it after trying brookside dark chocolate people are talking about it online love at first taste i would liquefy it and bathe in it curse you brookside your nefarious plans have succeeded nefarious no delicious yes Brookside, talk about delicious. No, I've never seen that before.
2: Really, they're they're in pretty heavy rotation. There's a few of those in that. Is that because
1: it's chocolate and you watch Lady Shows? Uh,
2: it is a little bit on the uh, ladies' beloved chocolate tip, but um, it's a little bit different. It doesn't go quite through. It doesn't. It doesn't have quite the same narrative where like a woman in a gauzy negligee is wandering around <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. eating a you know Ferrero Rocher. It's not whatever. even a
1: negligee. Usually, it's just like a really loose white blouse that right. can also act as a uh, as a uh, uh what pajamas
2: <laughs> <laughs> i I made this one um uh one of my mixtape because it's been on forever, and every time I see it, I have a conflicted reaction to it that guy he's the guy if you haven't seen it um it's a bearded white guy uh, not in great shape. Sounds like your
1: types. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Sort of, uh, you know, kind of average build standing in a pretty field next to these Brookside chocolates and reading aloud, uh, these tweets and things that have been sent to them in a, in a pretty like pastoral environment. And Brookside is, they have a pretty, they must have a pretty big ad budget for a candy that I've like otherwise never heard of. Um, And I, they're clearly going for, they're really going for a a particular play here, and I think it's sort of like, you know, middle class aging hipsters basically, and these ads, he's he has a little bit of the Chevy,
1: yeah, he does, Chevy
2: guy vibe to him, and we all know
1: we got to talk about that at some I point i eff
2: and hate that chevy they've guy they've done
1: they've done an update they have
2: crossed a line and i'll we'll talk is, about is it is that
1: in ad council No. We'll talk, because I think somebody whole, sent that in
2: yeah we'll talk, they we'll, have we'll talk about
1: it the, they have up the ante with I that think chevy guy us. and now it is definitely a practical joke yeah. i can't believe how
2: they're so terrible ugh. so anyway he has a little bit of chevy guy but then He kind of wins me over every time. He's a little bit more self-aware. And of course, there's not the um, relentless condescension to like, quote unquote, normal people. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to get your take on it because I always have like a slightly conflicted reaction to it. Can I watch it again? Yeah.
1: After trying Brookside dark chocolate, people are talking about it online. Love at first taste. I would liquefy it and bathe in it. Curse you, Brookside. Your nefarious plans have succeeded. Nefarious? No. Delicious. Yes this is actually Talk about I'm a little
2: delicious. embarrassed there's another After version Trump- of this one that I was actually thinking of where at the end he says nefarious are we still talking about chocolate oh and that one kind of makes me so laugh. they
1: use the same tweet yes but have a different joke to it yeah that's kind of odd this you know who he reminds me of um uh Chris Parnell a little bit
2: yeah he actually um, he sounds a lot he like sounds Chris like Chris
1: Parnell. Um, this does literally nothing for me. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, the thing about chocolate ads is, I, I mean, you say it's kind of like he's maybe a little hipstery. I don't even think so. He's got a beard. Um, and, you know, he's got a shirt tucked in. I just think that, should I say this? Chocolate ads are just aiming at the direct middle. At the at the soft fleshy middle of America, yeah. and that's fine. You got that's that what they right. need to do.
2: Yeah, and that's where chocolate belongs. I don't
1: think that chocolate um, is you know chocolate ads are necessarily directed towards me. I'm I not, want this chocolate is to totally start
2: advertising like gum, where it, like gets real in, scary.
1: Oh, intense! Yeah, you call it <gasps> hurdy gum. Hurdy gum. That's a little inside story. People should know when I go to buy gum. Sometimes <laughs> you're like, okay, but don't buy the hurdy gum, <laughs> the intense. The
2: gum that's like... Dentin ice. This is probably a whole topic for another show. Uh, but the, oh, that's right. We have a friend like who wants to come on to talk and about like it. a number, a number of the gum commercials are too scary.
1: Yeah, no. You know, now we have to do that segment. (laughs) We have a friend who's been hounding us, and a lot of you know who this guy is, so I'm not going to use his name. We're going to have him on the show pretty soon, and he's going to talk about gum with us. As a matter of fact, maybe you guys can help out with that, for real. Send us uh, any kind of gum commercials you want our reaction to. New, old, maybe things that even haven't been released yet, if you work in the gum advertising industry. Who are you? Um, All right, So, yeah, I'm sorry, Veeves, but
2: I was... I put this one last because I thought we might not get to it.
1: Well, what about the John Spencer? Don't you have a John Spencer? Blues Explosion
2: ad? I mean, this is a, a boring commercial that no one wants to hear.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm really excited about our next segment, so this is a, a great opportunity to move right into that. We are calling our next segment New Jack City. Possibly... The best thing we've ever done on this podcast (laughs) is call this segment New Jack City. I'm sorry, there's just so much of me patting ourselves on the back today. It must be intolerable. Vives, you told us a few months ago all about it was a fascinating story all about Jack in the Box and how they fired the creative agency and the man who came up with the whole Jack campaign that we've been seeing for a decade or more now where the you know the the big the guy walking around like a normal human except he's got a big Jack in the Box head on his shoulders and that very very familiar voice of his well yes. as you told us the guy who came up with the campaign so many years ago actually was the voice i, I think the the rumor was that Maybe he wasn't even supposed to be the voice originally. He just did a scratch track and it was so yeah, good. Yeah,
2: I've heard that. It might be apocryphal. Uh, but what I do think is true is that Dick Sidig, who is the uh, creative mind behind the original Jack campaign, uh, who was, I believe, always the voice of Jack and who started, um, he, he left his original agency to found uh, Secret Weapon Marketing, which was for years the Jack in the Box uh, agency of record. Um, they were let go uh, somewhat, I think, surprisingly in uh, August, I think, of this year or August of August of last year. I'm sorry. So August of 2015. Um, and then we started seeing new ads for Jack in the Box with the Jack in the Box character. So a man mm-hmm. in a suit, big round head, but no voice. Because, and and our, our assumption was, well, they own the intellectual property of the the head and the man, the visuals, but they don't own... Siddig's voice, and then we heard this.
0: Most fast food places use formulas to create their combos, but all that math doesn't always equal something tasty. At my place, you can get a mouth-watering sourdough bacon ranch combo with a full-size beef patty, bacon, and creamy ranch sauce on toasted sourdough bread. Sounds like Jack. Plus, hot
2: and salty it fries and like freestyle Jack. drink for just not seeing. Jack, driver, we are seeing all sports. the things he's describing—the food—and so then some sort of trouble. motion or um, like kinetic text time. to to I'll illustrate what he's talking about. I don't think that. Uh, let me tell you, I try. I did some digging. I did five to ten minutes Whoa. of internet research. You know, this
1: is just a podcast. <laughs>
2: <yeah>. <laughs> well, I did do five to ten minutes of internet research. So, by 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 way of saying, I didn't, you know, like turn over every rock on this. But I really couldn't find anybody talking about this. Um, I did find that uh, an agency called David and Goliath uh, around the time, or at the same time that they let go uh, Secret Weapon Marketing, Dick Sittig's agency, uh, they brought on David and Goliath. And I know that David and Goliath, if you go to their website, they have some of the new Jack ads where he's visually there, but they're not. you're not mm-hmm. hearing that voice. Um, they don't lay claim to this one, and it's unclear if they are, in fact, the agency behind that one that we just played. But it's unbelievably clear to me that they have hired a voice-alike for Dick Sittig, which I think is bullshit. Like, this dude rescued your brand. He basically personally hauled you back from the brink when you had an E. coli scare. And now not only are you using his whole concept with the, the man and the head and the whole thing... But you have to go find a voice-alike. And, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that's Dick sitting. But it doesn't quite sound like him to me. Okay,
1: let's do a side-by-side comparison here. Yeah, okay, so an old one. Here's an old one. Aw, oh, Mom, you
0: still clip coupons. Well, it all adds up. That's sweet, Mom. In honor of your thriftiness, I'll serve two croissant sandwiches for just three bucks. Okay, I'm going to pause it there. I want to go back to this new one. Most fast food places use formulas to create their combos. But all that math doesn't always equal something tasty you're the the voice expert what do you think made with fresh egg sausage or our new hickory smoked bacon and melting cheese you're such a good son i'm so glad you dropped by i love coming home mom
1: can go back to the new one
0: at my place you can get a mouth-watering sourdough bacon ranch combo with a full size beef patty bacon, I think it's a voice-alike I think it is
2: too For one thing I, I know that they fired that, that agency
1: Because How did it go down In our living room the other day? You <laughs> said, <laughs> um, I remember Because I, I remember I think I was like Actually leaving the room And then you're like Oh my gosh We got the voice back Or something like that Then I was like yeah. Wait no that and, and then we like Just stopped And paid very close attention To the TV
0: I, th- and we I, was, like, the I think we are the only that, ones On this scoop math, by the way Doesn't always equal something Tasty at my place, you can get a mouth-watering sourdough bacon one. ranch combo with a full-size beef patty, bacon, and creamy ranch sauce on toasted sourdough bread, plus hot and salty fries and freestyle drinks.
1: I think I'm going to go back one last time to this, uh, to this old one.
0: Oh, mom, you still clip coupons. Well, it all adds up. That's sweet, Mom. In honor of your thriftiness, I'll serve two croissant sandwiches for just three. Bucks. Yeah, I think I think the other guy. I, I just he's almost something... doing
2: it. T- it's I'm too Jack. Yeah, it's too jacky.
1: Too tight. Something yeah. about I. Don't, I don't know. It I feels mean,
2: parodic.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna say that we're right about this, and once again, we need the rest of the advertising critical media to catch up.
2: Yeah. We've blown the scoop wide open.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, um that was fun, New Jack City. New Jack City. I say we uh check in with some emails now. Check in with the ad council.
2: Let's do it.
1: Wait. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. I just clicked over to check before I hit the before I hit the official ad council music. I just clicked over to my Gmail for 1 second. And there was something I didn't tell you before about the uh, about the the commercial I played for the Washington State lot or I'm sorry, the California State Lottery. Mm-hmm. I had to go jump through some hoops to try to track down that radio, because these TV commercials you can find online pretty easily. Radio commercials are harder to find. So I tried to contact the uh, California State Lottery today, and it was very difficult. They don't, like, have a lot of phone numbers. And I did some very creative Googling to find some place where I found two phone numbers for two PR people there. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what I did was I found, I, I, I found an old article that quoted a spokesman for the lottery, and then I did a Google on that kind of guy's name. Anyway, and I left him a voicemail on his phone, and then he got back with me. I hope your me. boss is
2: listening, by the way, to how you spend your days.
1: <laughs> and then um, I, thought, I thought you're my boss. I mean, that's why I'm telling this story to impress you. I did my work today. Anyway, uh, the guy from the California State Lottery did get back with me in pretty short order, and I'm going to open up this email so you can see it, too. Look, he says. I asked our advertising vendor, <gasps> David and Goliath, to give you a buzz. Full they circle. created the ad in question. So David and Goliath are the ones who took yes, over the jet. They also ad. do uh,
2: the walk-in closet ad.
1: The oh, the the, the, the uh, Christopher walk-in closet. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's funny. So, but by the way, David and Goliath did not end up getting back with me. I, I emailed them like under deadline to get that commercial. You know how I ended up getting that California State Lottery commercial today? I ended up. Realizing the only place I've heard that was during Dodger games, and I have the MLB app, like <laughs> log in on, on my computer and phone. So I listened to the baseball game. I actually didn't listen to it, I just let my computer record a big chunk, like oh. the second half of the of the game, and then I went through the wave file and I looked, and I'm like, oh boom, there it is. They right. aired it. So that's how that's how again. they catch tuna. <laughs> that's how they catch tuna, exactly. All right, let's now check in with the
0: app <laughs> <Ed> console. <Council. laughs> Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words to say. It's a tuna, bro. <laughs> Only the echoes
1: of my mind. All right, V, so this is uh, where you do uh, your thing. What he is in the mailbag? Me. What has the ad council been a buzzing about? I
2: well, I am happy to report that we have at least one new listener. Uh, this is from listener Carrie. She heard about us on the Leap Home, a look back, excuse me, the Leap Home, a look backula, which is a very funny quantum leap companion podcast that um, our good friends uh, from the Grapes of Rad, now my new Grapes of Rad colleagues, um, where I'm also hosting, uh, that they did that we were on. And she heard us on there and went back and binge listened. To all of the after these messages shows, and then she binge feedback because <laughs> Carrie, thank you. I have that no, no. She have,
1: binge listened and purged feedback. <laughs> purged
2: feedback. Thank you, Carrie. It was great to hear from you, and it was great to sort of like take a tour through our old episodes via your feedback. Uh, one of your one of your notes especially stood out to me. Um, this was from uh, in response to episode nine, "We're Spoken For," where we talked about spokespeople. Oh yeah. Uh, we, we talked a lot about David, uh, excuse me, we talked a lot about Dave Thomas uh, of Wendy's fame. And uh, Carrie writes Dave Thomas started Wendy's, which was named after his daughter Melinda. Didn't know that. Thought it was actually, you know, Wendy or Gwendolyn or something. Melinda, whose nickname was Wendy, after he sold his multi million dollar KFC franchise in Columbus, Ohio in 1969. And if you remember, mm-hmm. when we talked uh, at length about Colonel Sanders, uh, he was an early mentor to Dave Thomas, who did have some KFC right. franchises. After Dave's death, uh, Wendy's, the business, tried to do commercials with the real Wendy, Melinda Thomas. Um, however, and these are uh, this is Carrie's words, since she was fat, she was replaced with that mean, skinny redhead. I don't care for her attitude either. So uh, I remember that
1: very much. Yes,
2: I do. why. And I, I want you to play this, the real Wendy commercial. I remember when they tried to do this. I will say, um, Melinda Thomas, you are not fat, um, and you are just a normal looking lady, but I, if that's... If that's why if you were like not skinny enough for TV, that's terrible. Um and I prefer her to the the Wendy's girl, the redheaded Wendy's girl.
1: I think it's really awful that not only is there a ridiculous standard of beauty in TV and of course TV advertising that it's also a double standard that yeah. I, I, mean, I mean don't look be at wrong Dave Thomas. Men can definitely sometimes they're very good looking. I think you'd make the argument that the Chevy guy was, you know, picked and, and groomed very specifically to be attractive or whatever. And there's a lot of examples of that. But when you're somebody who owns the company or has a reason to be on TV, nobody's saying this man isn't sexy enough. You mentioned Dave Thomas. What about the creeper from a uh, Actually Christian I Mingle? do think they
2: tried to tell Dave Thomas that he wasn't T V mm-hmm. ready and it ended up being Sort of counterintuitive for them that it worked with him. So maybe it's not quite fair But to what, say what about the
1: g- creeper from Christian Mingle or whatever that one Oof. is?
2: I mean, Neil Clark Warren. He, yes. His, his aesthetic uh, unappeal is s- something, some whole other category. But if
1: it was a woman who ran that company and then she wanted to be in front of the camera saying, this is why you should use our product to meet a mate, and she was ugly – they would somebody would have stopped it and nobody is stopping men i feel in most cases i feel like nobody is stopping the men to do it i will so i think that all that's awful on the other hand just to, i guess to play devil's advocate a little bit because trust me there's i'm not equivocating here really it, it's bullshit that she couldn't be a spokesperson because she looks like a normal woman. I agree with that. But I'm sure that there was a conversation about what is our product? Our product is food. We don't want to give off the impression that you're going to be anything but super fit right. if you eat our food. Now, it's a double standard because Dave Thomas was not fit. But I mean, sure, I'm sure that in the early 2000s, that was a conversation.
2: Look, it comes down to this Did they sell more burgers with her as a spokesperson or didn't they? Right. And, and I'm ultimately, sure they did. I'm sure they didn't. And she was booted as a sports Right, person. right. No, I Whether agree. it was charisma or looks or whatever.
1: Right. So, okay, so this, this commercial here has the real Wendy in yeah, it. Yeah,
2: and I remember there was a whole series of these.
1: I, I remember them too. Hey, you're not the only one who remembers things. <laughs> remember, Wendy, we make our hamburgers hot and juicy. And we'll always make them hot and juicy. Hot and
2: Years juicy. ago, my dad started a hamburger chain and named it after me. I love that about dad. Today we're introducing our hottest and juiciest hamburgers ever,
0: and I'm naming them after him. Dave's hot and juicy with our thickest, hottest,
2: juiciest beef ever. New premium toppings in a warm butter toasted bun. It would have made Dad more than proud. It would have made him hungry. <laughs> I have an alternate theory as to why these ads did not work, which mm. is that a daughter talking about her hot and juicy dad burger <laughs> That's is a good point problematic
1: and also if you do have somebody who is just and you know i am certainly a full-framed fella myself (laughs) that's right um don't shoot from underneath like they're shooting her from underneath the whole time like yeah anyway okay
2: anyway thank you carrie thanks for listening and thanks for sending that in um back to uh uh, we had uh, we got a lot of feedback about um the battle of the spokes critters thanks everybody for all the um kind and thoughtful words um We had a couple of suggestions for who the Hamburger Helper Glove could fight. Um, Listener Mike suggested uh, the Midas Golden Hand, which I I don't know if that's a, a national campaign, but it is very appropriate because it's a floating hand with a face on it that uh advertises for Midas. Oh, so, yes. you know, hands I on forgot hand violence, about that. Yeah. I think it's like a natural fit. The other one Did we
1: set up the ha- the hamburger helper? Who do we set no, up the we, hamburger we helper? No, we we were just talking about that we never separately. got to. It. Okay. Yeah,
2: but we asked people to send in ideas. Uh listener Jeremy had another good suggestion um which was the Pillsbury doughboy, which I think size-wise and sort of like I don't know, complexion-wise, they're like mm-hmm. a good fit. They're both like white, Yeah, sort of doughy looking things, doughy right? Things. Yeah. So, but I mean,
1: you definitely have a um you have a size difference there. No, no, you don't. They're no, the They're same. going to be about the same size. You know, yeah. I was thinking automatically for a second about uh, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man or something like that.
2: I think the Pillsbury Doughboy versus the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> um, all right. Um, a couple of listeners uh, pointed out that on the Rice Krispies Snap Crackle Pop versus the Keebler Elves oh, yeah? uh, fight, that Family Guy, the show Family Guy was ahead of us on that, and that... Um, uh, they had actually, uh, in one of their cutaways, played that out. So thanks to listener Julia. And oh, to, really? Yeah, and to listener Robert, who re- who said, um, On the which TV commercial mascots would get in a fight, it reminded me that the theoretical matchup between the Keebler elves and the Rice Krispie elves were covered in two cutaway scenes in an episode of Family Guy. In the Family Guy episode, the Keebler elves also appeared to be the victors. So good call.
1: Um, I am seeing... Little, this is, looks like it's gonna be bad audio. Um, I'm pulling this on the fly here, but here's something from YouTube called Family Guy Rice Krispie Guys, and it looks like it's one of those things where somebody, you know, just held their camera phone up to the TV. Let's see if this shines any light on this.
0: Those freaking
1: elves, man. They just came out of the trees, man. Mm-hmm. They just came out of the oh, tree. You the saved time. my ass back there. You saved mine. Here's the snap.
2: To <laughs> God, it sucks.
1: so that was crackle and pop sitting at a bar, all beat up after the fight. That that's a pretty good spoof.
2: Pretty good spoof. Um, okay, one more. Um, this is from listener Dave, and he has some uh, he has some feedback for me. He writes, "Oh,
1: sounds like it's tough feedback. It's tough
2: feedback. Tough but fair." Um, Andrew, I'm afraid Genevieve led you down the garden path this time. It's <laughs> obvious she was hiding the the Jolly Green Giant's true disposition. Here are the Kingsmen, who are of uh, Louis Louis fame, telling you the true story of the Jolly Green Giant and his violent propensity. Okay,
1: let's back up for a second here. We had the Jolly Green Giant versus whom? Um, Kool-Aid Man. Kool-Aid Man. And you said he's a very gentle giant. Right. The way he reaches down and he'll just nudge something a little bit with his giant yes, finger. Yes, he's huge,
2: but the giant, but the Kool Aid Man is, uh, you know, he lives in a world of violence.
1: It, it, he does. He's sur- <laughs> he is surrounded by violence. That's what he, that's what he grew up with. That's all he knows. That's yeah. all he wants to know. So I so I I think I ended up siding with you that yes, this. Um, the, this whirlwind of power, this juggernaut that is the Kool-Aid guy, would end up destroying this gentle giant.
2: But uh, Dave provides this song, and he asks you to please reconsider reconsider your stance on this important matter.
1: In the valley of the jolly... Oh. Wow! Oh, oh.
0: Oh! Heard about the jolly green giant. Potatoes. He's so big. Artichoke
1: hearts. The
2: he he <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is just the the listing of vegetables at the end of every line. One day, live his valley path. I mean to say. That was man It's kind now of a jam. A man, he was gone long. And then he ran into an Amazon.
0: Well this changes.
1: I feel like if you stripped down the production a little bit more, you'd have a Jonathan Richmond song.
0: Yes. she looked at him almost passed out from
1: Okay, I'm gonna uh, duck this down a little bit here because um, we're talking over a little bit and it's hard to follow all the lyrics, but, but I'm gonna read some of these lyrics to you. But the bottom line here is, if the, if this song has a thesis, it is the <laughs> yeah. Jolly Green Giant is pissed off basically because he has blue balls. Yes. And so here, let's see. Here, he lives down there in his valley. You do the. You do oh, the. Okay. You do the backup. He lives down there in his valley. Brussels sprouts. The cat stands tall and green spinach. Well, he ain't no prize and there's no woman his size, and that's why the cat's so mean. One day he left his valley pad. Boy, they really talk like Hep cats, don't they? I mean to say, this cat was mad. Now, listen around. He wasn't gone long, and then he ran into an Amazon, which is not the preferred nomenclature for large women anymore. (laughs) Well, this changed his whole complexion. Broccoli. And he had never seen such a beautiful sight. Corn. (laughs) Well, he looked at her, and she looked at him, and she almost passed out from fright. He looked at her, thought, what a dilly. He touched her once. She slapped him silly. This was something he had never sensed. He looked at her as she commenced. Now, listen, pal, this ain't no fluke. I can't see going with a big green kook.
2: I think there was some non-consensual touching there. That
1: is true. Yeah. And listen, just because she's a large woman doesn't mean that he has a right to put his jolly green paws all over her. Exactly. So um, I definitely think that a 2016 feminist reading of this song is <laughs> long sore, overdue. Sorely overdue. But according to David, uh, jolly green giant, not such a gentle giant, yeah. instead all a right. super sexually frustrated ball of anger. Food for thought. <laughs> oh, you've been sitting on that all week, haven't
0: you? You can't
2: Anything. You can sell anything. You can
1: Let's call sell it a show, Genevieve. What do you say? Let's call it a show. All right. Thank you, everybody, as always, for listening. Once again, all of these commercials that we've talked about today will be posted to our Facebook page. Genevieve, after these messages, show at Facebook or on Facebook or right. in, the, in the
2: Facebook? In
1: the Facebook. <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> at or near the Facebooks. <laughs> also, we have email. I'll let you after do that these, one.
2: After these messages show at Gmail.
1: And what's our phone number? I don't have it memorized.
2: It's 607-444-5597. You can reach me on Twitter at at I'm
1: at Andrew underscore Walsh near the Twitters. All right, we'll do this again next Tuesday, guys. We'll talk to you then. Nothing new to the kid. What can you do to the kid? Totally stupid and sick. No scruples. Cool, man. Ice cream scooping it. You can can sell. Sell. Anything